What's up, family? Welcome back to the Stop Sinking Show, where we go from struggle to flow. We all struggle, and we're here to talk about how to negotiate that struggle over time so it feels less and less like a struggle and more like flow. I was having this conversation the other day about transferable skills being probably the only compensating metric from which to assess the likelihood of success of someone who has lived their life susceptible to randomness. I'll elaborate. Quite often I sit and think about my 14 years spent in the corporate world and I think of it as a complete waste. Even though I had multiple roles, the entirety of that time was in the telecom industry. And the problem with at one time valuing climbing the ladder was that there was always this dissonance inside, something inside of me that knew I wanted to go on and work for myself. And if I knew that, I should have kept that in mind because what I failed to assess at that time was whether climbing that ladder was at all compatible with the future I would want for myself. If I had that clarity, I would think, am I actually building up and building towards something while I'm working or am I just getting the two-week check and nothing else out of it, and ultimately there's a net zero gain over a decade. And sometimes I feel like it was an entire waste. I say that because of the compatibility I didn't check for and think for at the time. Especially after having left in 2018, almost four years now, and struggling to find an exact footing in the entrepreneurial space for myself, I attribute a lot of that to the fact that I went and lived the first half of my life wrong and in the wrong industry. Because traditional wisdom would tell you if you're starting a business, and most often when people go on and after a corporate career go on to start a business, they tend to stay somewhat close to the industry that they had served all this time in so that they can benefit from the years of inside view, the relationships and the obvious knowledge that you gain from that time and everything that you build up in that industry over time. And that would prove to be the most successful route and the option for someone starting a business because it would be smart to look at the industry that you have worked in to point at what kind of business venture to begin because you can take advantage of some of the knowledge that you have and maybe you found an advantage there. And because, like I said, not having thought through this in advance while I was working in that industry, I may have spent an entire decade and a half working in an industry that does not lend to all the industries in which I have ventured into that I'm interested in. And maybe there's something being lent, something transferable that could be the redeeming factor, although not as directly visible. And having to look for that redeeming factor instead of proactively designing and deciding like what I've done 
is my goal of sharing this thought process. So instead of having to look reactively for some redeeming factor, we actually proactively design and decide. So we forge a resistance against the randomness of events. I ponder on these thoughts in trying to apply some of the learnings from Nassim Taleb's Fooled by Randomness to my own life in some practical way, which after having already chosen a path littered and infected and ultimately dependent on the whims of randomness, sorry, Nassim, I wish you were in my ear at 15 years old, maybe I would have listened to you, which I hope that 15-year-olds today really spend some time thinking about what path they're heading down. In the book, he challenges the cause of success and attributes much of success to the randomness of events. Those that seem successful may actually eloquently try and distill the cause of their success and the reasoning of their success in cute sound bites, but he argues that because of survivorship bias and basic probability alone, much of their success can just be attributed to downright luck and randomness. And he says, your dentist is the richest person that you know. Because the path that your dentist has chosen is boring, yes, but steady and less susceptible to the shifting winds of the market and the economy and any other form of random events. So your dentist is essentially the richest person that you know. Your dentist's choice to pursue dentistry essentially set him up to be more resistant to the consequence of random events than, say, even your local pizza store or insurance agent or banker and definitely any salesperson or business. So in a way, your dentist, he is the richest person you know because he is least likely to be affected and in a way is in the most position of power through any turn of events because the choice that he made in the career that he pursued allows him to have a dependable path compared to you. And I'm not saying everyone should be a doctor or a professional or something that has a rigid path in an attempt to eliminate all the vulnerability of randomness of the other paths because when you limit your downside that randomness may bring you and become a dentist and choose a steady path, you also inevitably limit all the chance of breakout outlier success on the upside, which again, a lot of is dependent on randomness, which you can't count on. And there isn't some principles you can apply to achieve. And I think that chance though, that gambler-like risk-taking temperament that not all of us are suited for is ultimately what leads to the progress of the world. And we all aren't meant and designed to pursue guaranteed paths. Some of us are meant to live on the edge of chaos and order where all boundaries are challenged and the new is birth. But you have to acknowledge the risk that you are taking and what you are susceptible to when you don't choose some of the thinking that goes into picking a steady path in a career 
that has some predictability. And as much as I hate to admit how much percentage luck plays into the probability of what we become, there's people with degrees who ain't never made it hot nor turned up the degrees, people with credentials, accolades, paperwork, that couldn't figure out how to make their paperwork. Aside from your own input of everything you do to become something, the ones who get extraordinary success definitely have luck play a role. But it is in the other things that you do in planning for the future that makes the difference in your resistance to what can and cannot happen and things that can come and be thrown at you. And as long as you do those other things, it gives luck the best possible chance to enhance whatever it is that you have already foundationally built with the other work that you have done and the choices that you have made and the paths that you have chosen that make you more resistant to just being too dependent on luck. So it doesn't just play a slight role. You're banking on it playing a much bigger of a role because of the lack of work that you've done in the planning and the path. The more your chosen decisions around career or how you connect your current career decisions in lending to future ones, the more they are thought through as succinctly as the path of becoming a doctor, the less susceptible to randomness they become. So even if you don't become a doctor or dentist and try to eliminate all randomness and have a laid out path for you, and therefore all possible upside that the unreasonable entrepreneur in me believes is attainable for him, you still, however, need to connect what it is that you work on now, what it is you want to work on tomorrow, and be very sure that you see somehow it connecting to what you see yourself doing in the future. And hopefully not only does it connect, but maybe even contribute in some way and make it better and get you prepared for it. Maybe, unlike me, you're smart enough to take that job in the industry you see yourself running a business in in the next five to 10 years. Maybe the projects you take on, extra time you have, the side hobbies, maybe they all somehow help towards this grand vision of who you want to be when you grow up, saying this as a non-grown 34-year-old. And that also ultimately extends into what your specialized focus becomes. So over time, you reduce the degree of randomness by learning more and deeper about a subject than anyone else knows, which in itself makes the sound time-tested principles you build over time more resistant to the shifting winds of any given time. That's how you make yourself resistant to randomness, less susceptible to what can come at you and less reliant on luck. Because if not, if you don't do the proactive work of thinking through how today what you're working on connects to what you want to work on tomorrow, if you don't do that proactive work, then you're back to what I said. You'll have to redeem all that time spent hopefully not wasted, if you can point to 
and then utilize some redeeming trait or transferable skill that can help you towards what it is and what you want to do now. If you didn't do a good enough job of proactively deciding what it is you want to do and what industry you should work in, because in five, 10 years, I'm going to start a business in this industry. If you didn't proactively think through that and what you want to do and what you want to get out of your job and how it helps you in the next five to 10 years, just know in five to 10 years, you will look back at these past five to 10 years and ask yourself, well, what did that help me become? Did I learn anything that I can actually now use and that helps me move forward in what I want to do? And even though we're not fortune tellers, and it is hard to think that far in the future, and we almost avoid doing that work, trust me, it's better than the regret you look back at and have to reconcile with the past 10 years and even have the thought cross your mind whether you wasted an entire decade or not. And then have to search keenly for some redeeming factor, which you could instead, instead have proactively built into living out your life. So even though I don't care for the predictability of a doctor's trajectory, and frankly, the predictability that rigid makes me want to vomit, which is why I am meant to do what I'm meant to do and they're meant to do what they're meant to do. I could never cut someone open and they like more predictability than I do. There's definitely some aspect of their understanding of life about to what degree you need to plan your life and the path and the trajectory and how everything connects if you expect to become something as serious as someone who saves lives. And in our own small way, maybe not literally, we're all here to save lives. And at least let another life breathe easier than they would have if we weren't around. And the time for that preparation is 10 to 15 years before you actually will be called to do that job. And at that point, you have to be ready and hope that your training over the course of the past 10 to 15 years was deliberate enough to prepare you for the task at hand and for others to depend on you for them to breathe easier. If not, you will not be dependable. You will not be fit for the job because you didn't plan that out. And now your aging mother, your father, your spouse, your growing family, all who were just there at one point hypothetically in the future as possible responsibilities and now cannot rely on you because you didn't spend the past 10, 15 years in rotations and clinicals and connecting each day for the coat of responsibility you must put on that allows you to stand there for them through the harsh winds of randomness and resist the shove because you have grounded your footing with enough forward thinking that makes you most suitable to be depended upon because you thought that through. So it comes down to our vision and choices. Essentially, you determine your likelihood of success 
by the amount of effort you're putting in to anticipate, plan for, build defenses and offenses against the randomness of what may happen. And the more solid your plan along a more predictable path, the less vulnerable you are. And the way to go about that is to plan for your life in advance. And at a certain point, understand that the time being spent in something is an example of commitment to it. And that should bear fruit and fit in and connect somewhere in where you want to be in the future, where else you see yourself in the future. You have to connect that time that you're spending because in itself, it is evidence of importance and commitment. And that time being spent should connect to who you want to be in the future. And over time, to take advantage of that passing of time by accruing disproportionately more time and hours towards one thing in sacrifice and at the expense of others, of other things, to specialize. The more time you spend towards a particular thing in proportion to anyone else spending that amount of time and focus on it, the more likely you are to be known for it. And the stronger your footing in that subject matter, which can be an anchor during times of difficulty that would uproot other people. And many times that means doing the boring work to commit to the arduous long path, the one that doesn't look sexy and delivers quick results in 90 days. Trust me, no win or movement in 90 days positions you with resistance against what there is to come in the future. Only slow, steady, earned, and developed principles over time can position us in the least vulnerable place to the whims of temporary waves and trends that never outlast principles. And for someone who has spent time randomly, you have to acknowledge that you are more vulnerable to randomness. And to move forward is to determine what it is that was developed during the course of that random life that you've lived. So you can now choose to double down and now start to focus on what the next 5, 10, 15 years that will leave you less vulnerable if you spend it properly. Finding those transferable skills, which is where I would start if we didn't do it proactively, and you have to be like me and do it reactively. Those transferable skills that were developed inadvertently while doing some random sales job or random retail job or odd jobs or to now really thinking through and asking yourself, okay, I had these job responsibilities. I excelled at these parts of the job. I enjoyed these. I did this on a daily basis. These parts came easy to me. This I kept doing even though it was challenging because, and so forth. And then answer all of those questions to what was randomly developed in those random jobs. And hopefully some common string comes out that you can now deliberately attach yourself purposefully into and invest and develop over the course of the rest of your life. Like a doctor picking that path in 
10 to 15 years makes you more able to clearly say what it is that you are good at, how you can contribute, what you can mend, what your specialty is, what people can come to you for. That level of clarity around your actions, grounded by time-tested, unwavering principles, is what makes a life positioned most favorably towards actually doing something of value. And over time, everything else that doesn't contribute to this becomes frivolous and irresponsible to yourself and to the people who will look to you to be their bedrock. At least this is how I look at it now. I'm not trying to have these same conversations decade over decade about how I spent the last decade wrong because I didn't think about what development I would want to sit on to position me for the next decade. That's a question that would help all of us to answer. Anticipate. Execute. Love you, family. See you in the next show.